If you'd remain standing, please. Let's remain standing. It was preparation day. That is the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked. He asked him if Jesus had already died. And when he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth took down the body and wrapped it in the linen and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb and Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. And when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb. But when they looked up, 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 when they looked up, saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive. Look and see, people. Look and see. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. Jesus, I pray today that you'll give us fresh revelation. Give us eyes to see the truth 
embedded in this word that you're alive. We want to live in resurrection reality. We want to live in resurrection reality, Lord. Hallelujah. So come now and speak to us, Lord. You who are the living eternal word, speak to us. Today, take off the scales and let us see, Lord. We want to see you. We want to know you. We want to be transformed. We want to be like you, Lord. In the fullness of resurrection life. You've come to bring life and life to the full. Come and bring that life to us today, we pray. In the name of Jesus. All God's people said, For He is risen. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Children, if you'd put the flags back one more time. And and we have a coat. We have a coat. Somebody's coat. And we have shoes, too, right here. Yeah, there we go. We've got coats. We've got shoes. James is knocking over the piano bench. Hallelujah. Is it good to be in the house of the Lord today? All right, kids, you can find your moms and dads if you would. That'd be great. All right. Love having you up here, though. That'd be super. This morning, we are continuing in our study. Compassion, the way of the king. Today, we come to sort of the penultimate part of the story. So if you have your Bible, turn to Mark chapter 15. I read the text a moment ago. I won't take time to read it again right now, but I just want you to have it embedded in your heart and mind. I'm going to go ahead a couple slides, Kathy, if you would please put me on the slide that says, look again. All right. This morning I've entitled the message, Look and See. As I was studying out this passage, which is in many ways so familiar because of Easter coming every year and always coming back to these familiar texts in the Gospels, Jesus' burial and His resurrection. And yet... I was talking to my brother this week, and um, I was just telling him that I'm not sure what, for what reason, but I want to tell you as well that there's just incredible freshness this year in my spirit, in my heart about this very familiar story. But I've just entered into this entire week and 
and this weekend with an enormous sense of expectation. Those of you that were able to join us for Good Friday know it was an incredible time together. Six churches gathering and a hundred youth from all over Minnesota and we just remembered deeply the sacrifice of our Lord. His death on the cross. This morning our text has brought us from Good Friday through Silent Saturday. Jesus buried in the tomb. Silence. And then it's resurrection morning. And nobody knows yet that it's resurrection morning. They didn't know. Things had been done so hurriedly in the burial because Jesus died at 3 p.m. and the Sabbath begins at 6 p.m. There's only a three-hour window there. Joseph of Arimathea, who was part of the Sanhedrin, took the bold step of going to Pilate, who had authority over what was happening and the and the crucifixion that had taken place, and he was the one who had authority over what would happen with Jesus' body. And, and Joseph goes to, to Pilate to, to request the body to, to bury him in his own unused tomb that would not have been far away from Golgotha. There's only three hours to do this, and, and Pilate has to send word back to the centurion to, to uh, confirm that Jesus, in fact, had died. It was not unusual for someone who was crucified to, to spend two or even three days upon a cross, but because of the enormity of what Jesus had gone through, both physically and even more so the excruciating pain of His suffering, where for the first time in His entire existence, He felt that incredible separation from God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? As He carried the sin of the whole world upon Himself, He became sin for us. He who knew no sin became sin for us. And the incredible weight of that crushed him. Crushed him. And so he died. And his final word as he breathed his last was finished! It's finished. Joseph came, took him, wrapped him in linen cloth and placed him in the tomb. Ancient days, there was no embalming that would have been done. There was no work that would be done on his body in that way, but rather a body would be then buried with perfumes and spices in order to mask the smell as the body would go through its natural decaying process. 
And so that Sunday morning, we see Mary Magdalene and Mary coming to the tomb. And they're coming with the spices and the perfumes to anoint His body. Chapter 16. And as they're going there, very early on that first day of the week, just after sunrise, on their way to the tomb, they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? I want you to picture this. They're coming. This would have been a tomb in a rock. They would have been buried in, a, in sort of a cave-like place, and there was, and and uh, there would have been an ante room, an outside room, and then you'd go into an inner room, and there was a stone that would be rolled over, and it would kind of be a, it would be like a large, um, solid wheel of stone that would be rolled into a groove that was in front of the tomb, in order to seal it shut again, so that even the the smell and and, and also to protect from any grave robbers or any who would come to disturb the bodies. The stone was very large, very heavy. Much too much for these women to be able to roll away. So they were wondering to each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? And here's the phrase that came alive in my spirit this week. And the phrase that I simply could not get away from. But when they look And when my heart got captured by that phrase, I began to study and look more deeply at what Mark is actually saying to us here. And I discovered something interesting. This word, but when they looked up, was not simply sort of a common, ordinary way of just sort of, well, they, you know, casual, well, they looked. The word here carries within it the meaning of one regaining one's sight. The word picture here is of one who's having their eyesight restored and they are seeing as if for the very first time. And in my heart, something leapt up. And in this year of return, this morning, this Resurrection Sunday morning, I believe that it is the intention of the Lord to open our eyes to see again 
that our eyesight might be restored, that we might regain our true vision. So I've entitled this message, Look and See. And we're going to look at it from three different perspectives. And the first of those perspectives is look again. It's interesting if you go to the Gospel of John and read the, the, the account that's there. I love, I love that. The, the women go and they go and they... The, the women who are at, when, when they've heard that Jesus is alive, they go and they run and they tell the disciples and they're like, we don't know. We're not sure what's going on, but Jesus' body is gone. And Peter and John come running to the tomb. And it says, John, it says, John's being kind of humble. He just said, well, I don't know what he's being, except he's being a little, he's just saying the disciple whom Jesus loved looks looks from the entrance point of the tomb. He, he looks, and then he steps back and he goes away. Peter comes huffing up behind him. Peter goes all the way in and he looks again. Look again. I believe that the resurrection of Jesus answers three Universal cries of the human heart. The first cry of the human heart is, When are you coming, Lord? Have you ever found yourself in that place? With circumstances around you and it seems as if everything is shut up in a tomb. And there's silence. And all that it seems like there is, is waiting. And coming up from the depths of your heart is this heart cry that says, When are you coming, Lord? Anybody ever said that? Remember Mary and Martha and their dearly loved brother Lazarus died? Remember the cry? If only. Anybody ever said if only? If only you'd been here? When are you coming? When are you going to get here? Heaven's response to that cry is this. God is never late. Now sometimes that's hard for you and I to grasp, right? Wait a minute. He seems at least tardy to me.
I was reminded of the story back, remember with Elijah and the prophets of Baal? Do you remember that story? Back, 1 Kings 18. They just had this big showdown, Elijah and the prophets of Baal, and they built the altars, and Elijah, you know, he, he, the, the prophets of Baal are calling down fire from heaven, and nothing's happening. Elijah's like, well, maybe your God's asleep. Maybe he's in the outhouse. That's what it says. You know, maybe he's preoccupied right now. He's just too busy. Then Elijah pours all the water. He says, come on, let's pour all the water on the wood. Let's make it good and wet. And the fire of God comes. Remember that? Ahab is there. Elijah says to Ahab, this is after the, right after this has happened and the prophets of Baal have been defeated. He says to Ahab, go eat and drink for there's the sound of a heavy rain. Now, there hasn't been, been rain in a long time. A really long time. And Elijah says, you better go and eat and drink, for I hear the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant, and went... And he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Listen to this. Underline this in your heart this morning. Seven times Elijah said, go back. Look again. 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 And the seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. Ha-ha. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot. Hitch up your pants, Ahab. <laughs> Go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain came on, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel, and the power of the Lord came upon Elijah, tucking his cloak into his belt. He ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Look again. There's a resurrection reality that I want us to hold on to here this morning. When it seems as if all is silent and it seems as if He's never coming and you're wondering if He is late, I want you to hear the word of the Lord this morning to your heart. He has a better plan. Just like With Lazarus, they were hoping, they were longing that perhaps Jesus might come and heal Lazarus. But in fact, Jesus had a better plan. And He was never late. 
He was right on time to do exactly what the Father had promised would happen. You know the Scripture, Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans I have for you. He knows the plans that He has for you. They're not like a mystery. He knows them. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Here's the deal, people. In order to grab hold of the resurrection reality of His better plan, we have the obligation and responsibility to call upon Him, to pray to Him, to seek Him with all of our hearts. And as we do, His plan begins to open for us. Because, why? Because we've looked again. So, in your life right now, if you can't see what it is that the Lord's doing, my encouragement and the encouragement of the Lord to you on this Resurrection Sunday is this. Look again. But how many times am I going to have to look, Pastor? You're going to look until you see. You look until you see. you see Him, when you see Him, you'll know His plan for you. All right. Look again. Look around. Look around. Here's the Second universal heart cry. The first universal heart cry is, when are you coming, Lord? The second universal heart cry is this. It is the cry of the heart that says, what are you doing, Lord? Now, you all are a real spiritual bunch, and it's a Sunday morning, and you all got your best game face on. But let's be honest, let's be real for just a moment here. Anybody else in the room ever say, Lord, what are you doing? What what are you doing? Come on, let's be honest. What are you doing, Lord? I'm quite certain that I could give you some help. Just let me, you know, What are you doing? Here's heaven's response. God has never lost. Let that sink in for a minute, would you? God has never lost. Say it with me. God has never lost. Lost. Say it again. God. 
God has never lost. He is never lost, and He has never lost. And that gives us the hope that He knows exactly what it is that He's doing. Just a little bit later in Kings, 2 Kings, chapter 6, there's this epic battle that's going on, and Elisha is now, okay? So the mantle is passed from, from uh, Elijah to Elisha. And they're in the midst of this incredible battle, and I don't have time to go back into all of the, all of the background on it. But there comes this moment, right before the battle is unleashed, and the servant of the man of God, and here we are again, very early the next morning. So when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? Ever had an army surrounding the city of your life? Ever said, Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? Come on. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid. Now, how many times does that phrase show up in the scriptures? Don't be afraid. Anybody know? 365, 366, even one extra for leap year. All right. Thank you, Pam. Fear not. Don't be afraid. And you know what it means? Do you know what don't be afraid means? Do you know what fear not really means? Here's what it means. It means, I know that you're afraid, and I know that you want to run right now. But I encourage you to stay. Because if you will stay, I'm going to bring to you a revelation that is going to change your entire perspective. That's what fear not means. He knows we're afraid. So when he says, don't be afraid, he's not saying, you know, all right, the adrenaline, you know, understand that you're afraid. But don't let your fear drive you. Stay put. Stand still. Stay present. And if you do, I'm going to show you a revelation that's going to change your entire perspective. And Elisha prayed. I love this. Oh Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. Now, are we talking about physical eyes here? I mean, he's already looking around and seeing the armies. He's talking about the eyes of his heart. Paul prays in Ephesians that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened so that we might know. Open his eyes. And the Lord opened his servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire. Ha, 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 
So I don't know what circumstances you're in the middle of today, but I want to invite you to look around. We get so myopic. All we're seeing is right here. We can't see anything else. And the Lord says, begin to look around, people. Because here is the resurrection reality that you and I get to live in every day. Jesus has a larger purpose than what you're seeing right now in the midst of your circumstance. He has a larger purpose. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those He predestined, He also called. Those He called, He also justified. Those He justified, He also glorified. Here is the purpose of God in your and my life. He is purposed to conform us to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. That's the larger purpose That's what he's doing. In the midst of you not understanding, not seeing. Or all you're seeing is what's right here. The Lord says, look around. I'm here. You'll find me. Look around. And be conformed to the likeness of his son. All right. Last one. Look again, people. Look again. Look around. And finally, look up. Look up. Part of this message formed out of a leadership prayer time a few weeks back. And I literally was seeing, I was seeing, all I could see was, I was seeing like in in my prayer, I was seeing this, this, um, army encamped around and it felt like you know just just marching in around sieging on a city doing a siege of the city and I, all i could hear from the lord was and what i saw was to look up and up there was nothing there except for open heaven look up look up and the cry the universal human heart cry is Where are you, Lord? When are you coming? Do you know what you're doing? But the kind of the the, at the bottom, even below all of those are where are you? Reminds me of the bulletin of the church where the Pastor preached a couple sermons on a Sunday. Sunday morning was Jesus Walks on Water. The title of the evening message was Looking for Jesus. Where are you, Lord? Where are you? Heaven's response is God will never leave. He's never left. 
and he'll never leave. He will never leave. He will never leave. He will never leave. He will never leave. No matter what you are going through, he will never leave. No matter how dark it feels right now, he will never leave. No matter how much you feel like all you can see is a wall around you, the word of the Lord to you this morning is he will never leave. Look up. This word that Mark uses for Mary and Mary as they come to the tomb and the stone, who's going to roll away the stone, but stone, who's going to roll away the stone from the tomb? But when they looked up, listen to the other places where it talks about the same word being used. Taking the five loaves, the two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples and set before the people and divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. Here's the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. How are we going to feed all of these people, Lord? And Jesus looks up. After he took him aside away from the crowd, Jesus put the finger, his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. And he looked up into heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Be opened. And at this the man's ears were opened and his tongue was loosened and he began to speak plainly. I'm standing before this deaf and dumb man who cannot speak and cannot see. And Jesus looks up. Remember, when he comes to the tomb of Lazarus, once more deeply moved, he came to the tomb, and it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he's been there four days. And Jesus said, did I not tell you if you believed, you'd see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus, what? Looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go! When he looked up, So often we're going through life like Mary and Mary. We're looking down and we're consumed with our circumstances. We're consumed with what we can see and what we, what we know in somewhere in us. We know it's just not going to work. How are we going to get away? How are we going to get the stone away from the tomb? It's too heavy. It's too big for us. My circumstances, my situation, my life, it's too much. I can't get free. What am I going to do? And we look down and we look down and we look down. But when we look up, hear the word of the Lord this morning to your heart. Look up. Why? Because. God, the resurrection reality is this. He has a deeper promise for you. 
I've thought long and hard about this passage in 2 Corinthians 1, and the Lord brought me a revelation some time back, a few years back, that just radically transformed my understanding of the Scripture. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy was not yes and no, but in him it has always been yes, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. So through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He has anointed us and set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing, 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 guaranteeing what is to come. But Lord, I don't see yes right now. All I see is no. And here's what the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said this. He said, look for my yes behind the no. Look for my yes behind what looks to you like a no. He's got a deeper promise. He has a deeper promise. He has a deeper promise. He has a deeper promise. I want to leave you with one last thought. And the worship team, you can come on up if you would. This came out of that leadership prayer time as well. When all I could see was that wall around and looking up. And the Lord spoke this to me specifically about and the picture He gave me had to do with the tomb. And the word that He spoke to me and look and see was this. The tomb is in fact a womb. Get this deep in your spirit right now. The tomb is in fact a womb. When Jesus was in that tomb on Silent Saturday, in that tomb was the womb of God's redemption of the entire world. And when Jesus burst forth out from that tomb... Life came, the life that we experience even now for 2,000 years, generations upon generations, nations upon nations, for all eternity, life was released. The tomb is in fact a womb. And you may feel this morning like you're in a tomb. And it's silent. But I want you to know, God is never late. He has never lost. And He will never leave. And that tomb is in fact a womb. And faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It's looking and seeing. It's looking again. It's looking around. It's looking up. And this morning I just want to lift up our eyes. Could you please stand to your feet right now? And I'm going to ask you to do something. I haven't done this in a really long time. But I just feel directed to do that. If you just place your hands 
upon your physical eyes right now. Just place your hands upon your eyes right now. And Jesus, I'm going to ask you right now, by faith, I'm going to ask you, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you who have come, you who are here, would you come and would you put your hands upon the hands of your people as they touch their eyes today? And I pray for revelation today of the very truths, Lord, that you have spoken into our lives today, right here, right now. Come, Lord, I pray right now that eyes would be open. Speak. Lord Jesus, speak the words. Be opened in Jesus' name. Be opened in Jesus' name. Be opened in Jesus' name. Be opened. The Spirit of the living God is here. He is here with salvation in His wings. If you do not know Him today, as you have your hands upon your eyes, ask Jesus to reveal Himself to you and He will. Confess your sins. We are all sinners. There is none of us. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. But Jesus' blood forgives and frees Confess your sins. Say, you know, Lord, I'm a sinner. But Lord, I want to see the cross today. I thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ. That you died for me. To set me free from my sin. And from the fear and power of death. You have set me free. Please set me free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I receive you into my life, Jesus, today. Maybe it's been a long time. Maybe Silent Saturday has lasted for years in your life. Maybe you're in the middle of a crisis right now. And all you see are the contours of the circumstances you're in. But as your hands are upon your eyes this morning, Lord, I pray that you would begin to open eyes to see new and fresh. Lord, I know you've done this for me so many times. About a year ago, I've shared this story, but I'm going to share it again. Just keep your hands in your eyes. I went to a prayer retreat. I was in a really bad mood. I did not want to be there. I didn't feel well, physically, emotionally. There was crisis going on in my extended family. I didn't want to be there. But I'd gone in obedience. I just was there. And about an hour in, I had this sudden sense that maybe, seeing I was at a prayer retreat, I could pray. And here was my cry of my heart. Let me listen to this carefully. This is the honest truth. This is the prayer I prayed. Lord, I cannot fix my body. I cannot fix my soul. I cannot fix the circumstances of the people that I love around me. God, I can't fix anything. And as clear as I know how to hear from the Lord, he spoke back to me right at that moment. He said, well, here's one thing you can fix. You can fix your eyes on me. 
And nothing changed and everything changed in that instant. Everything changed when I looked up. Everything changed when I looked up. I can fix my eyes on you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. All right. We fix our eyes on you today, Jesus, right now. We choose to look up. We choose to look around. We choose to look again. We choose to look and see. But Jesus, thank you. Your arms are open to receive us. Wherever we've been and wherever we're at, you are right here with us right now. Would you just open your hands before the Lord? Jesus, I just pray for your people that we would live as a resurrection people in the resurrection realities of your better plans, of your larger purposes, of your deeper promises. The reality that the tomb is in fact a womb. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would establish within us these truths today. But when they looked up, help us to look up today. To look around, to look again, and to truly see what you see. And now I pray that you would be filled with the immeasurable love of God the Father. The irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son. The inexhaustible strength and power, comfort and hope of the Holy Spirit will be with you and yours. As you go from this house to your house, go in the power and the favor and the goodness of the living Lord, our resurrected Christ, who is risen for all time. He is risen indeed. Go make disciples of all nations until we gather again, either in this house or our eternal home. I bless you, the people of God, in Jesus' name. Go in the blessing of the Lord, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. All God's people said, Amen. All God's people said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Have a blessed rest of your Easter day.